Good morning, family. Thank you for joining us today. The underlying theme of our messages over the past couple of months has been the supremacy of Jesus as well as the importance of our personal relationship with Him. Are you ready to get real with Jesus and experience life change within our community of faith? Then Life Changes is just for you. Life Changes course is a unique discipleship journey that offers you the opportunity to go deeper with Jesus and to grow spiritually together with us. Email us at, at the address on screen to register for our online Life Changes course by 12 October. We look forward to journey with you. Today, Pastor Louis will be sharing from Philippians 4 about allowing God's peace to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus so that we do not become anxious about anything. Let's start by surrendering our hearts to the Lord in worship. Amazing grace 
consider that God made Christ who knew no sin to become sin for us so that in him and through him we might become the righteousness of God is there a better deal in the universe than that my sin exchanged for his righteousness Jesus we sing for all that you've done for us Maybe take a moment and just consider the things that he's done, the good things that he's done, like a wall of remembrance, a wall of victory for what God has done for you. And say, Lord, because of that, because I see your promises are yes and amen, because I see your faithfulness to me and to those around me, I say, thank you, Lord. I sing for what you've done for me. And I trust in you, your love and your mercy to cover me. As I say, God, I'm going to, from this place, sing my praises unto you. Thank you, Lord. to captives in the name of the Father and Son we speak healing to heartbreak peace to the restless your salvation has come arise and shine come out of the darkness walk out of your chains Death to our bondage In the name of the Father and Son We speak power in weakness This is our witness That our Savior is one Arise and shine Come out of the darkness Walk out of your chains 
is the sound of a people coming away, coming away. This is the sound of a people shouting your praise, shouting your praise. This is the sound of a people coming away, coming away. Glorify His name, glorify. 
Lord, we just want to thank you for the amazing privilege we have again to gather, to worship you, to be a family together in this space, Lord. I pray for every person. I pray, Lord, that as the waves are beating around us and there's so much uncertainty, we thank you, Lord, that because of the lives we live, that lives of surrender to you, we have a secure point. We have a secure place on which we stand and that we can face the challenges of this time. I want to pray for every person that they would be so aware of that security. And then, Lord, we worship you with our giving right now. And I pray for every family, every individual that has been so faithfully giving. Thank you, Lord, that you are their provider and that everything we give, you return to us and uh, you bless us, Father, with an increase. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And Lord, I also want to pray for the word today. Thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful, that it will not return to you empty. And I thank you that there will be an anointing on the word today, Lord, to destroy the yoke and to set the captives free. And I, and I thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we always do, part of our worship right now is we give our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. So please follow the prompts on your screen and do as we've always done. You can use SnapScan to give an offering or pay into the bank account of each of the churches and do your tithes and offering that way also. And remember your faith promise giving also. So may the Lord bless you as you give. Always excited to share the word and today, today I'm particularly excited about the word that I'm going to share. The title of the message is Why Worry? Now everybody that uh, knows music from the 80s, you're thinking of that. Now if I didn't do that well enough, you're not going to recognize, but I think some of you will recognize the song from the 80s. If you don't know it, ask somebody, they'll tell you about Don't Worry, Be Happy. I want to talk about Worry and its, its older sibling, its more mature sibling, anxiety particular today. And I want to go to a, a scripture that is so well known to us. In fact, this scripture is, is uh, the scripture that is the most highlighted on Kindle devices right now. Uh, Amazon is able to, to, to track when people highlight in books. And in the Bible, this is the most highlighted portion of scripture. And it's the scripture that is very well known to all of us. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. And Philippians 4 begins with those words, Do not be anxious for anything. 
And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I think in my younger days, or in my faith particularly, I'd read a scripture like that or read that scripture, and I'd almost feel more anxious because I'm going, oh, shucks, I shouldn't be anxious, but I am anxious, and so I'm not a good enough Christian, and I'm not doing well enough in my faith, and it just adds to something that I should be doing better at, and I therefore feel more anxious, and I feel more, you know, I worry a bit more about one more thing when I read a scripture like that. But I want to tell you that's not the heart of the scripture. Sometimes when we read the scripture, we, we just interpret it, it wrongly. And you know, when, when we interpret it wrongly, I want to say then when we interpret the scripture incorrectly, we make an error that brings us confusion and terror. Because every time we misinterpret the scripture, it harms us, it hurts us. That's not what Paul had in mind when he, when he wrote that, that famous verse, where that, that famous instruction to us where he says, do not be anxious about anything. To understand that verse and what that verse is built on, we, we have to read it in its context and particularly the words that just precede that. And the words that just preceded that portion of scripture are these wonderful words in the, in the last part of Philippians 4 verse 5 where, where he says, the Lord is near. So the thought goes like this, the Lord is near, do not be anxious about anything. The Lord is near. That's the key. You see, I don't think Paul is writing to us and saying, don't be anxious. So, you know, ignore your emotions. Just put your emotions aside. Whenever you feel worry about anything, just ignore it. Just practice self-discipline. Just take hold of your mind and, and, and force yourself not to worry, you know, to go, I will not worry. I will not worry. I will not be anxious. I don't think that's what, that, what Paul is referring to. If I understand the scripture correctly, what he is saying is the Lord is near do not be anxious. It's like what he's saying is, if we understand the reality that the Lord is near, then anxiety becomes, in a sense, an unreasonable response. It becomes a response that is, that is just incongruent with this reality. If the Lord is near, why would I be anxious about anything? Then that response of anxiety, it's very human. It's very real. We all go through it. I don't think Paul is saying Christians should never worry or be anxious. What he is saying is if we are very clear and, and understand and have the revelation of the nearness of God, then anxiety becomes something that, that isn't our response because we know God is near. Now that word near uh, in, the, in the scripture there has, seems to have a double meaning according to the, to the commentators. It, it, it means two things, the word near. First of all, it means near in the sense that he's close to us. He's close to us in that he will hear our prayers. He's not far away. He's not distant. He's not disconnected from us. He's near. So whenever we go through something, God is near. He's right there. He's, he, he knows what we're going through. He's in it with us. The scripture says, you know, before we even ask something, he knows what we're going to ask. He's near. The second meaning for the word near is also that he's coming back. His return is near. That eschatological term, that, that which we look to the future for, that there will come a day when Christ will return and the whole earth will be subject to him and that he is the ruler and the master. So, so that is near. That We know the end of the story. We know that everything will be, will work together for the good of God's people, that Jesus Christ will return and that he will be exalted and that he will sit on the throne. We know that we win the battle at the end of the day. So have this understanding. God is near. He hears your concerns. When you worry about something, God knows it. 
He's near to that. And he is near in the sense of his victory. The victory that has been won on the cross. And that will finally be fulfilled in the return of Christ and, the, and at the end of the story. So for both of those reasons, God is near. Do not be anxious for anything. Do not be anxious for anything. Because God is near. God is with us. Anxiety is so easy for us to experience. Uh, I read a study the other day in which they said, the rate of change exceeds our available adaption resources. That's when we experience anxiety. Anxiety is experienced when the rate of change exceeds our available adaption resources. Right now, so many people have been going through a massive rate of change. With COVID-19 and lockdown and regulations that keep changing and everybody trying to figure out what, how to do life, we've got so much change being thrown at us right now, don't we? I mean, who could have known what 2020 would have been like? I mean, I, I like that meme where somebody said, you know, if, if in 2015 you did that five-year planning thing and projection, what you're going to be, where you're going to be in five years, <laughs> how ridiculous that, that does that seem now? Because this year just threw everything on its head. We all got confronted with a high rate of change. And I think every one of us at certain times felt, I don't have the resources to deal with the change that I'm asked to deal with. Whether it's in my personal life, you know, whether it's, it's young people and school and the changes they had to go through in school, uh, teachers and the changes they had to go through, you know, economy, business people, we all faced it that there were suddenly all these changes thrust upon us and we had to try and figure out how to respond to it and we often didn't have the resources, we didn't have the knowledge, we didn't know what's the next thing, what's going to happen. Um, the government had to try and figure out where is this thing going uh, and they used models and try and project what are the infection rates and how many people are we looking at to lose and you know right now in, in the world in this week we, we crossed a million people that died for, of COVID-19 and, and these are scary things that come against us and, and we have to try and figure out we don't have the resources of information we perhaps don't have the resources of manpower or finances and then we feel overwhelmed and then anxiety takes hold of us. And it, and, it, and it feels like we've lost control. And that's a fundamental underlying uh, fear that plays into anxiety, is the fear of the lack of control. And uh, when we're faced with so many challenges and we feel we don't have the, the resources to deal with it, this lack of control rises in us and, and we start feeling anxious. And, and I don't know if you've noticed that how we can start as people even worrying about little things. Suddenly everything feels like it's out of control. Suddenly we, we just don't know what to do. And then sometimes we grab to try and have a sense of control. And people do that differently according to their personalities, their maturity. They grab for things to try and exercise a level of control. Some people make their life really small and so they just control. They stay at home so that they, they don't go anywhere and are confronted with things that they are uncertain about. They just you know, try and keep life small and, and just control things. Um, others are you know, making decisions in terms of their business just to control. And we, we feel much more comfortable as human beings when we have a sense of control and much more anxious when our sense of control is lost and, and we feel like we, we don't have it. And we understand that. That's reality. That's part of what it means to be a, a human. Uh, uh, the Reverend Winnie uh, Varghese said, 
in a commentary. Everyone can understand the feeling of circumstances being out of their control. And these are often the things we care most about. Things that are close to us, particularly when those things, like when we feel they, they're out of control, it affects us and anxiety begins to fill our hearts and our minds and it becomes a, a dominant emotion in our lives. Now, how does the scripture tell us to deal with it? Because this is what we're reading. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Is that simply him saying, man, just exercise mind over matter and don't be anxious. When you find yourself being anxious, you know, just focus on something different and just take hold of yourself and don't be anxious. No, I don't think that's what he said. Um, because what the Bible does with things like anxiety is it neither tells us to ignore it, nor does it tell us to give into it, which leads to a form of nihilism and negativity and there's no hope in life. Um, the Bible doesn't position us to deal with anxiety by trying to escape it, by trying to minimize the reasons for it, nor does it tell us to just give into it. What the Bible does do for us is it tells us that while we may have a low level of control in this situation, there is one that has control. The Lord is near. That's why the word Lord there is particularly used by Paul. He doesn't use a word like any other word to describe God. He uses a word, the word Lord. The word Lord Kyrios in the Greek means master, authority. The authority is near to us. So while I may have a low level of control in a situation, and, and I just want to say that we, we always have some level of control because that's the, how God made us. He, he gave us. But there's, there's so often things that are beyond our control. And while I may have a low level of control, I am right next to, near to the one that has control. That is the final authority. And we've been speaking about that for the last number of weeks, about the sufficiency and the supremacy of Christ. That Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. That in him everything lives and moves and have their being. So... The world may look like it's going crazy and it's very easy to feel that and there's truth to it. There, there's lots of things that we don't understand and, and, we've, and we're trying to find purpose and meaning in life right now and what's going on. For you and me as a believer, our first response is we come close to the one that is close to us. We turn to him. We turn our hearts to him. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious in anything. The Lord is near to you right now. Do you know that there's nothing, there's no challenge that you or I are going through at the moment that the Lord is not interested in, working in, and is near to. The Lord is near to you. So while I may not have control over certain things, I have a, a firm, steady rock that I stand on. The Lord is near to me. And it's that understanding or can I use the, the biblical word, the spiritual word for it? That revelation that needs to grow inside of me, that needs to be more and more in the forefront of my mind and my understanding. That the, that the Lord, the Lord Jesus, His authority, His supremacy has not been affected by all of the shifting and changing going on. It's not changed His position. It's not changed His plan. He is working. He is bringing about ultimately his goals and purposes. So I can turn to him and say, Lord, you are near. And what does your lordship look like in this situation that I'm facing? If your, if your business is struggling, what is the lordship of Jesus 
in that context. If your family is struggling, what is the lordship of the Lord Jesus? If your health, what is the lordship of Jesus look like and ex ex being expressed like in that situation? So I, I turn to him. I turn to the Lord and I say, the Lord is near to me. And the more I do that, the more I, I grow in that understanding and that revelation, the more anxiety becomes incongruous with that fact and that reality, that God is near to me. Anxiety enters every time in our lives when we doubt that the Lord is near. When we doubt whether the Lord wants to or whether the Lord can work in our situation, that's when anxiety grows in us. But whenever we turn to the Lord and establish His Lordship in our lives and in this situation, through our faith, not because we've seen anything happen necessarily, but by faith, first of all, then anxiety begins to diminish in us again. So anxiety is like a, it's like a warning light. It's on, an, on a dashboard. When you start feeling your anxiety levels rising, a little light starts blinking. And then you know that there's some area where, where I have turned, in a sense, away from the Lordship of Jesus. And what I need to do is not try and deal with the anxiety, because that's fleshly power, but it's to turn back to the Lord and say, Lord, what is your authority and your rulership and your Lordship? What are you doing in this situation? And the more I turn to the Lord and I see His authority, the anxiety then you know, diminishes again. And I think that's what Paul is saying to us. And when we deal with anxiety, it's something we deal with holistically. So it's, it's a very spiritual reality. And it's a very spiritual manifestation. And that's why we have to deal with it in the spirit first, I believe. But it also has soul dynamics and physical body dynamics. And I want to talk about that just now. But I think when we want to deal with anxiety, first of all, or ultimately, perhaps sometimes you begin in the body first and deal with some things in your body just to get the anxiety levels you know, to a manageable, and then you can turn to the Lord. That's fine. But ultimately, you have to deal with it as a, in, a, in its spiritual reality, in its faith reality. That's why Paul, when he says these words, he says, Do not be anxious for anything. But then he gives us the strategy. What must we do when we face anxiety? But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So when I feel this anxiety rise in me, it becomes this warning light that tells me there's an area in my life where I don't practically understand the Lordship of Jesus. So I turn to the Lord in prayer. And I come to the Lord and I say, Lord, here's my human emotions. We don't ignore our humanity. We don't push our humanity aside. We bring it to the Lord. And we say, Lord, this has happened. My business is struggling. Or my, my, my education, Lord, I'm struggling at varsity. Or I'm struggling at school. Or whatever it may be, Lord, and I'm feeling anxious. I'm worrying about the future. I'm worrying about what's going to happen. And how am I going to make it? And I'm worrying about what. And bring that talk to the Lord about it. Say, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. Bring your petition. Say, Lord, this is what I think I need. I think I need you to, to, to do a miracle in this form or to help me in this way or whatever it is that you feel. Bring it to the Lord. But an amazing thing happens when we bring our needs and our petitions to, to the Lord. And that's what Paul refers to. And he says, bring your by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Because when I bring my worries and my anxiety to the Lord, there may not be a lot of thanksgiving in it. But as I sense his nearness, as I, the revelation of who he is grows in me, the thankfulness starts rising up.
Then I start getting a different perspective. Then I start seeing the revelation of who God is. You know, what anxiety does is it always diminishes the power of God and elevates the problem of the situation. But when I turn to the Lord in prayer, it begins to elevate His position and authority and diminish the negative situation that I'm facing. And that's what happens in prayer. It's that exchange. As I pray, as I pour it out to the Lord. And, and you may need to do it every morning or every day for a couple of days or weeks even. As you're struggling with something, you keep coming to the Lord. And what happens is that revelation begins to grow in you. Revelation in our lives has so much power. It's what we are built on. Remember when Jesus in, in Matthew 16 asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And Peter answered and he said, You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus turned to him and said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And then he said this great line, he said, and upon this rock, I will build my church. The rock is not Peter. The rock is the revelation that Peter received from God about who Jesus is. In that moment, Peter understood and received the revelation, the spiritual knowledge and understanding and awareness of who Christ is and of the supremacy of Christ, that Jesus is the answer for everything. And, he's Jesus, and the Lord said to him, because of that revelation, I will build my church on that revelation. That's you and me. We are built on that rock, that solid foundation of the revelation of who Jesus is. So whenever I face challenges in life, whenever I go through times of anxiety, it's an opportunity for me to say, Lord, show me who you are. Grow the revelation in practice in my life of who you are and of your lordship in this area also. You see, because it's, it's quite easy to say Jesus is Lord until you get faced with a really difficult situation that puts a question mark Jesus is Lord, question mark. Is he the Lord of this situation? But as I engage with the situation and as I experience the Lord working and his faithfulness, it becomes another area where the question mark turns to an exclamation mark. And I say, Jesus is Lord. And I have a testimony that confirms that. Whether I confirm it or not doesn't change the fact that Jesus is Lord. But now in my experience, remember we spoke about the word epinosis in our Colossians series. In my experiential knowledge, Jesus is Lord. And you know what is the amazing thing that happens? Not only in my life, that, that conviction grows in me and that becomes my certainty. And then I begin to be able to give that certainty to other people and say to them, this is who Jesus is. This is the Jesus I know. He is Lord. God is near. Don't be anxious for anything. It's a great opportunity. It's a wrestle in prayer. Prayer, when we face anxiety, is often a wrestle. Where, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this. You pray, and when you finish praying, you feel good. But later that day, you feel defeated again. And, and it's like your mind shifts its focus again from the Lordship of Jesus to the, to the, you know, the, the, the size and the scope of the problem. And then I go back to the Lord in prayer. And, and so it begins a cycle in my life where the, the lordship of Jesus gets established again until I, I step into the victory. Remember, I'm not, I'm not getting victory over the situation. The victory has already been gotten. The victory was won by Christ on the cross and through the resurrection power of Jesus. We have the victory, but I personally am learning to walk in that victory. So in every situation. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We encourage you. If you're feeling anxious about something, don't just talk about it to other people. 
Because so often we, 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 we want people just agree with us. We just want confirmation for our anxiety. And we, and we even begin to, to sort of cherish our anxiety and it becomes our story and it becomes the thing we talk about the whole time. Take it to the Lord in prayer. It's not going to change. If you talk about it, it's not going to change it. Unless somebody, if, unless you're talking to it about it with people that helps you come to the understanding of the revelation of who God is. Because if we do that, Paul says, then this is the result in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. You see, what happens is when I, when I, when I take my prayer to the Lord and I say, Lord, I'm so worried about this. I'm so anxious about this. What the Lord then does is he gives me the revelation of who he is. That picks me up and elevates me to a position where I'm no longer under the circumstances, but I am now looking at the circumstances from God's perspective, God's viewpoint, God's eternal perspective he begins to share with me. I may not have perfect understanding, but he gives me the understanding I need in that situation to begin to get meaning in this situation and purpose in this situation. And when those things happen, it's very powerful. People are amazingly powerful when they operate from revelation that was given by God and what they can push through and what they can endure and what they can transform and change. People become tremendously powerful when they stand on the word of God. And that's what happens is I transcend so, sound a very lovely word just to say that I'm looking at things from, from God's perspective. I'm no longer under the circumstances. I'm looking over the circumstances. Not ignoring them. My feet are still in the circumstances, but my head is now in a space where I'm looking and I'm saying, Lord, I direct my feet from this higher position, not from the trying to figure it out here from the dust, but from this higher position. And when I'm in that space, I transcend. And then it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It's not a, it's not a mind and knowledge thing. It's not understanding because I perfectly understand the situation. It's understanding based on the revelation of God's will and plan. And that even what I don't understand, I'm okay with because I know he understands. He has control. In that space, it says, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so then he brings the spiritual dynamic into our soul, our hearts and our minds. That's our soul. That we will experience peace, not just as a spiritual reality, but as a soul reality. That there will be peace in my mind and my heart. That there will even be joy that replaces the anxiety. And that even my body will benefit from the, 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 the peace that God has for me. And I want to say to you that we as believers living in this world with the challenges and the, the sin and the brokenness, we will not make it if we are not near to the Lord. We will, we will freak out in anxiety because of the stuff we are seeing. But when we are near to the Lord, we can see all the stuff. We can download from God the plans of how we should deal with life and what we should do and how we build his kingdom and how we disciple people in the midst of all the chaos. But there can be a peace that is in, underneath us in our hearts. There can be that sense of wellness, that sense of shalom, the peace of God is upon me. That when I wake up in the morning, I don't wake up with a sense of dread. <gasps> What's this day going to throw at me? But a sense of Lord, I know there's challenges coming my way, but thank you, God, that you are near to me and that in everything I can come to you. So I encourage you, as you're facing these challenges, there's peace that God has for you. Now, those, those things of peace needs to be manifest in our, in our lives in very practical ways. So I want to just highlight a few things before I end. You know, when we allow anxiety into our lives, 
And we, we, we say we stressed out, but the reality is we actually stressed in. Because that stress begins to work internally in our lives and it causes great damage to our emotional state and our physical state. I mean, you know the studies that how it's shown how much stress is a killer and anxiety and worry is, is so bad for us physically. And, and it, it, it makes so many other things. It accelerates the, the negative impact that other things would have us when you add stress and worry and anxiety to it. And the idea is not to escape and live in the woods somewhere so you have a stress-free life. It's to get near to the Lord so that you can be the change agent in the midst of what is a stressful world. But when we do that, when we come to the Lord and we can live in that, there are a couple of things that are so important. Sleep is so important when we go through times of challenge and anxiety. If you find yourself unable to sleep, that's sometimes the first way that you get to recognize I've got anxiety in my life. Because if you're like me, sometimes I'm worried about something. I don't even know I'm worried about it. But I start seeing it manifest in other areas in my life. And then normally Natasha tells, picks up on it and she starts helping me to get to the point where I understand that I'm actually stressed out or stressed in. If your sleep is being affected, the Lord cares for your sleep. The Lord wants you to sleep. Come to the Lord. Make it your habit to say, Lord, I commit my sleep to you. Take your sleep to the Lord. Take authority over your mind and say, Lord, I put my mind on you. And perhaps the last thing that you do before you go to bed is meditate on the Lord. Like Psalm 1 says, he who meditates on the law of the Lord day and night will be like a tree planted by streams of living water that will bear its fruit in season and out of season. Let your last thoughts of the day be about the Lord. Worship him. Take one worship song and just lift up the Lord. Put your focus on him. Sleep is so vital. Make time to sleep. Have fun. When we feel anxious and we, we, everything can become so serious. But have good, healthy fun. Create moments. And when my heart is close to the Lord, I can have fun with my family, even in the midst of really difficult situations. Because He keeps my heart in a, in a good place and in a place of peace. Remember to be social for the right reasons. When you're anxious, it's so easy to just look for people that will be anxious with you, that agrees with you, that will, that will support you in your anxiety in terms of just, you know, adding more fuel to the fire. But find people and be social with people that will help you, that will process, that will give you a different perspective, that will draw you to the Lord, that will bring you to the revelation of who God is, that have testimonies of what God has done in their lives. But be social. We, we social people, the enemy and anxiety often tries to isolate us, and that's when it's really dangerous for us. So be social. Take action. That old adage, control what you can. Take action. Our, our position of faith is never a passive position. Our position of surrender is never sur a surrender where we just lie down and we do nothing. Even if it's the littlest thing that, that we, we need to uh, do. And when the Lord says, now do this. Often when I, when I take my anxieties to the Lord and I spend time with him, he starts saying to me, now I need you to do this. And he gives me the strength and the faith. And remember, little keys open big doors. It may be a little thing that the Lord tells me to do. But that little thing creates a momentum and a shift and opens the door to bigger things. So take action. Do not just action that you feel is right, but from what the Lord is telling you. And then the last one that I want to say is so important is keep an exercise routine. If you feel anxiety creeping in, you need to get rid of some of that negative emotions and stuff and do exercise and however it works for you. But have a routine. Build a routine in your life. I know when we're anxious so often, we just want to just veg and sit on the couch and just do nothing, watch another series. 
Keep your exercise. Keep your disciplines. Keep going. Those things in and of itself will not get rid of your anxiety. But if you keep that spiritual foundation of turning to the Lord, those things help and become part of the process. Then lastly, I want to say, it may be that your anxiety has gotten to the place in your life that you need professional help. That you need to go to somebody that you can talk it through, that can give you coping mechanisms, that can share the revelation with you. And if, that need, if that's what you need, do it. Don't ever feel like you, you're weak or something. Anxiety is human. It's part of our experience. We all feel it and we will all succumb to it if we don't come close to the Lord. But sometimes we've worked ourselves into such a place of anxiety that it's almost beyond me. And then, and then I just need others to help me. So if you need professional help, seek it. If you, if you need, we have, we have help available to you. Talk to your pastors and, and we, we will get help and to your leaders and your shepherds and, and, and we'll get help to you as we can and, or refer you to people, but don't give in to anxiety. So as I wrap up, I want to read for you the verse again. When I want to start with the end of verse 5. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious, do not, not donut, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to pray for you. Right now, if you can think in your life and just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if there's areas of anxiety in your life, I want to pray into those areas. Because we have authority in the name of Jesus. When we come to the Lordship of Jesus, we recognize the battle has been won and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And I want to come in that authority and, take, uh, and pray into your place of anxiety today. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you that by your spirit right now, you reveal to any of us if there's anxiety in our lives, if we're worried about things, and if that's become a pattern that is starting to have a negative impact on us and, and causing us to, to, to turn away from you. Right now, Lord, I want to take authority over the schemes of the evil one, where the enemy comes to lie, to steal, kill, and destroy, to deceive, where he will come and add to the picture and, and pour on our minds and on our hearts more reasons to worry. And, and he paints the darkest picture and he, and he gets us to feel like there's no hope and there's no future. And, and we start feeling like... There's nothing we can do in this situation. Lord, I want to take authority over the lies of the enemy right now. And I pray that in every situation, every person that's hearing this message, that right now, that the light of the truth of the, of the Lordship of Jesus Christ will shine into their minds and into their hearts and into that situation. And that right now, that they will begin to see the, that there's a way out, that they will begin to see that you have an answer for them and that you care and that you are working, Lord, that you have not forsaken them, but that you are near them. I speak that truth into our spirits right now in the name of Jesus. The Lord is near. The one that is the master that has the authority is near. Whatever your situation is, the Lord is near. Come to him. Bring your petitions. And I pray for that. I pray for the, for the spiritual ability, the strength, the, the, the hope, the faith, Lord, to arise in your people. That we will be able to turn to you and bring our concerns, bring our worries, bring the reasons for our anxiety to you. The one that has control. And that in that place of surrendering to you, saying, Lord, I want you to have your way. It's not about what I want, Lord, but it's about what you want, ultimately. That we will find our rest and our peace. And I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding right now.
right now. In every lounge, in every space where any person is watching and listening to this message on the radio or wherever they're partaking, I pray right now that they will experience your peace in a very real and powerful way. To know that knowing that you are with them. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the amazing thing is we bring our request to the Lord in prayer. And we leave it with him. We, we keep praying. And sometimes he will tell us it's the wrong request. You need to ask for this. Because it's not about, our peace is not found in the fact that he answers the prayer the, exactly the same way we want, to, we want it to be done. But it's found in the way that he is the Lord. He is in control. And sometimes he tells us, you're praying the right thing. Keep praying that. And that's what I want to do. But sometimes he directs us in a different path. But we, we find peace in him. May the Lord bless you. May you have a, a week and a month and a year ahead filled with thankfulness because of the peace of God that is, surpasses all understanding in your heart and in your mind. Bless you. We love you lots. Hello, family. A while ago, the president made the announcement that we're going to level one as a nation, and that means that churches can now begin to gather uh, with up to 50% capacity of their buildings, but with no more than 250 people in an indoor gathering. And uh, we're excited about that, and we've been making our plans to get together and how we can gather as a community to worship and to have fellowship. Uh, but we ask you just to give us a little bit of time because we were waiting for further clarity about the regulations, about what's allowed and what the government expects of us when we do gather as churches. And, uh, but unfortunately, up until this point, we've not received further clarity on the regulations. But we want to go ahead with what we understand the regulations to be. And from the 11th of October, we're going to gather both on-site and online. And um, we will be communicating with you more details very shortly about what the on-site gatherings will look like. It'll obviously not be a space where everybody in our congregations will be able to come to a service on a Sunday, but we would have some form of gathering. And there'll probably be a registration that will allow people to come. And, uh, but we will communicate all of that with you in the next couple of days. So please watch our social media and through the congregations and the pastors and the leaders, we'll be communicating to you what the regulations are. Um, we just need a, one or two more days to clarify everything. But we're excited that from the 11th of October, you will be able to both gather on-site and online. The online services will continue as we've done then up until now. We're just adding that some people will have the opportunity to come on-site for a worship experience and a time of fellowship on a Sunday. But we will communicate to you all the details. So this is for both churches, Hatfield South and Hatfield East. There will be some form of gathering from the 11th of October. And please remember that your safety is our highest priority. So we're going to do everything to make sure that you're healthy, that young and old can come to the service, enjoy the time together, enjoy being a community of faith together, and enjoy fellowshipping with one another within the re regulations. And it's going to be great to see you all. We love you and we miss you and we look forward to seeing you. Lord bless you. <laughs>